you are creating that interesting, engaging content, people will want to interact with it no matter how often you're posting. Don't think you have to be a slave to the platform to make it work for you. This is the Sweat Life Podcast, your guide to video and video marketing in the health and fitness industry. Here's your host, video producer for Sweat Life Films, Richard Playfair. On this episode of the Sweat Life Podcast, I'm joined by Lindsay Wingate from New Momentum. We're talking all things Instagram to help you spend less time on the platform and get more out of it. So Lindsay, tell me, what is New Momentum? What does your business do? And how has the focus changed for your business over the last six months? So New Momentum is a business that supports female fitness and dance instructors to help them become more confident and build their self-belief. Um, I think generally um, female instructors had been lacking in a bit of confidence anyway um, and the past six months has actually heightened that further um, obviously with all the additional challenges that they've had to face recently with getting online um, I would typically say that instructors could be classed as technophobes um, so having that extra element of, of challenge um, has given them a bit of a confidence bash. Um, so I think um, how I'm trying to do that is to build their confidence and self-belief through different um, workshops and one-to-one -one coaching um, so that I can help them feel more confident about the way they're running their business um, and the way that they're promoting it. So is there anything else other than the tech side, which I appreciate has been a challenge for a lot of people in the industry? Yeah, I think um, I think generally instructors have had, um, I think it's just confidence and self-esteem across the board really at the moment for them. As you mentioned, we did do that um, mindset challenge. Um, and because of recently, obviously we're in October now, um, usually in September there would be a um, surge of participants, obviously kind of going into September, kids going back to school um settling back into that new routine after summer holidays um september time is usually when you get that surge of new participants and this year that's not really happened um and for instructors not to have the numbers of participants in their classes that they would usually have does affect their um their self-belief and kind of giving them that reassurance that what they're doing is right for their market they obviously have had that challenge of having to adapt from a face-to-face -face audience to an online audience. And obviously, the, a lot of the instructors that I work with work in the community as well. So in terms of what they were doing in the community, it's been difficult to transfer that online because what those participants are getting is very different. Um, so I think it's kind of a very holistic thing in terms of the challenges and um, how their confidence has been affected. Mm. You say there with work, the instructors working in the communities and their businesses built in the communities as well. Before they were forced to, to become digital or adopt a digital solution, I imagine business for them was almost quite simple, really. It was, you know, notice boards, coffee shops, flyers, you know, getting the message out there that way. And then all of a sudden those social barriers are put up where you can't reach people in that normal way. I imagine you must have spoken to people who just ended up procrastinating a lot, sitting on their hands and just not knowing where to start. Oh, definitely. Because I think, as you say, 
the normal methods of reaching participants has changed drastically. I mean, the biggest way that instructors have got um, participants into their classes was through word of mouth, because that's obviously the strongest way getting a recommendation from someone obviously you can go along with a friend um, having that really social side to it meeting new people and that's just been ripped away so um yeah there's had to be a lot more adapting um to think of kind of more creative ways of how they could bring that community side back into their classes with them being online I remember, I remember when I moved from my sort of nine to five job of doing video production into the fitness industry full time. I know that one of the reasons why I did that was because it was something I loved so much. You know, it was a leisure activity which became a job and it didn't feel like a real job because it was something you loved to do. And it was just it was just fun. Do you think that is one of the main obstacles working against people who jump in the industry, that it, it seems like too much of just fun and not a real job? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I think when you go in and doing your instructing, when you're visualising what you'll do once you've got that qualification, it's all about the teaching, it's all about the changing lives, having people in front of you, when actually in reality you are a small business so there's all the other elements that are in it as well so you are your your, your finance manager you're your um, social media marketing person you are your uh, business development manager you're all those roles which you have to take on and I think going into the industry sometimes that can be forgotten um, so it's really important um, to be realistic about what you've got to do with your business to drive it forwards. And is that kind of how New Momentum was born? Because you realised that that need existed? Yes, definitely. Because like we've said, going into being an instructor, I could see that a lot of instructors were going in it, into the industry for that fun element, for that teaching to participants. And there was a skills gap in terms of um, what they could do, um, how they could develop their business um, effectively. So I kind of felt like I wanted to fit in there to be able to give them that kind of industry specific advice in terms of how to develop their business. And also, as I said before, about giving them the confidence to build their business in their own way as well. Um, obviously with females having lots of um, different responsibilities, being primary carers for children quite a lot, um, that's something that I wanted to build in to show that they could build their business successfully um, around other responsibilities as well. Yeah, it's really interesting. And, and although you specialise in females, I imagine you still get males who realise what you do and still ask for your opinion and your advice, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I've kind of been, I, I wasn't actually explicit about working with females before, but in terms of developing my own um, ideal client, I wanted to do that because I felt like the challenges were different. Um, and also specifically, I've worked a lot on projects around um, activating women into physical activity. So I understand that there are different barriers. Um, but no, absolutely. Um, there are uh, male instructors that I speak to as well. Um, I think for just having one in mind, he has a family and he runs his business alongside his family as well. He's got quite, quite a big family. Um, so yeah, I think he kind of resonates with a lot of the things that I talk about in terms of the challenges that, that, that are faced um, and the skills that are needed. So during lockdown, you launched this Instagram course. Why was that the right time to deliver the Instagram course? Why did you put that together? 
I think because of the lack of word of mouth, um, obviously we've talked about that being taken away, social media was the only way really to promote classes um, and to generate new leads and I saw that Facebook was something that was already used by instructors and I know that they've kind of been quite established on there um, so I wanted them to see that Instagram was another way to generate leads for their classes um, and having been on Instagram for a while I've noticed that there are common themes in terms of what instructors do on the platform which wouldn't necessarily work to generate more leads and find more people um, so I really wanted to help them to utilize that under underused platform. Were there some sort of bad habits and bad approaches that fitness instructors usually have when it comes to using a platform like Instagram and what what should they be doing instead? So um, I'm quite honest about this on my Instagram actually and say don't do this. Um, so like one of the most common things that I see is instructors just posting about the days and times of their classes um, and in terms of how Instagram works and obviously it is a social media platform it is all about in creating more engaging content that people can actually want to interact with and comment on and start conversations so if you're going to put a post about the day and time of your class that's great for people that probably already know about your classes, but if you're looking to use it as a lead generator, you need to tell people more about the, the, the subjects around your class. So about themselves, so that kind of, obviously they are the face of their class, like people want to get to know them. So you need to be putting yourself in that way so that people would know that they'd want to come to a class with you. So telling people about your style of, of, of class, how you teach, um and any kind of kind of themes that you have in the way that you deliver so if you've got a passion around um working with mums um kind of talking about those kinds of things that would tell your followers more about what you offer and would start those conversations um so another common thing that I see is that, um, especially for instructors that teach brands, um, it's great that brands give them branded content to share, but a lot of instructors hide behind that. So sort of on a, a similar theme to I was just talking about, if, if instructors are just posting um, the branded content, you can't see who is behind that. And I've quite often just seen Instagram grids full of those. And as I say, it doesn't kind of give you a more of a story behind the business um, and what the classes are like, what the participants get out of it. Um, there's so much more that you can tell people through your Instagram platform. Anything else you want to add there? What are the other things that they do incorrectly or could improve on? So, um, yeah, another common one I would see is um, something which in sort of social media circles is called posting and ghosting. Um, so if you post something on Instagram and then you run away and wait for everyone to come and like your post. Um, and in reality, that's not the way the platform works unless you're a major celebrity or a massive influencer. It's just not going to work for kind of small businesses. Um, and again, coming back to the fact that it's a social media platform, the way it works is that you have to interact with other people's posts. Um, so whether it's through liking or commenting, sending people DMs um, or saving and sharing things, it is all about that 
interactive interconnectedness because um, Instagram is actually very clever and it can work in your favor if you do do that um, so for example with uh, an instructor that I had on my course um, I'd explained about how Instagram can recognize relationships so I'd done a post and she'd liked and commented on my post and she'd done a post and I'd liked and commented on her posts. So she said she'd come out of Instagram, then gone back in. And then my post was the first one that she saw because Instagram realized that we'd created a relationship. Um, so obviously that's why it's so important, why you should be interacting with your followers that then can become your potential participants to build that relationship with them. It's like reciprocation, right? It's, it's exactly. Yeah, it's built upon that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's the way that people uh, would traditionally behave, right, in normal yeah, life, exactly. right? Yeah, it's literally just a replication of human behaviour, but on a on a social media platform. Um, and I know everyone's always like, "Oh, that algorithm hates me," but it's it, it's the way you use it and the content that you're creating. Let's talk for a little bit about quantity versus quality, then, for a minute, because. For people out there who are well-established brands who have big followings, they'll often preach that you need to post several times a day, you need to be on the platform all the time to get any sort of traction. Is that true or not? I don't think so. And also, um, I think from a mental health perspective, that's not good either. Um, I know a lot of people have... Um, worries about social media because of mental health so I definitely believe there's a way of utilizing it uh, effectively without having to be on it all the time um, so for example if you are putting uh, more time into creating that engaging and interesting content um, that's really what you should be doing and, and also if you are creating that interesting engaging content people will want to interact with it no matter how often you're posting um, I think generally uh, like for example I post four or five times a week I don't do it every single day um, but I, I would say that you could probably quite effectively do it less than that as well um, sometimes it depends on what you want to get out of it um, there's things such as reach and impressions on Instagram as well. So depending what your goals are, um, you can kind of build it a around that. Um, but I don't think you have to be a slave to the platform to, to make it work for you. It's just understanding how you want to make it work for your account and for your business. So tell us the difference between a personal account and a business account. And what are the advantages of you know, going from Susie's fitness in the church hall through to Susie's business Instagram account? Um, so I suppose there's two ways of talking about that. So um, there are actually different accounts that you can create. So you can just have like a, a standard Instagram account, which would probably be classed as the personal one. And then you can create a business one as well, um, or a creator one, it's called. Um, so on a business account, it does give you extra information about your posts and how people are interacting with your posts. So um, there's a section on there, if you're a business account called Insights, which is so useful to be able to understand how effectively you're using the platform because it can tell you things such as the um, location of where your followers are so if we're talking about getting back to face-to-face -face classes and you want to be able to reach people within your area it can tell you whether you've got the most number of people from your particular area because that's what you should be aiming to do if that is your goal and um, it can tell you um, the gender of your followers so again if you have mainly female 
participants, you probably want more female um, followers. It can tell you about the age of them as well. It splits it into um, age sections so that you can understand how old they are. Um, but also some really, really useful stuff in terms of knowing what time to post each day. Um, there's some really useful information in there, um, which a lot of instructors, when I tell them that, are like, I didn't realize that was there and it's like the Instagram is trying to help you um, it's giving you that information so that you can use the platform more effectively and put your interesting and engaging content on the platform at a time when most of your followers are going to be on there um, so yeah there's obviously kind of the um, kind of more Instagram driven difference between personal and business uh, pro, uh, profiles on Instagram but there's also a difference in terms of how you use your account as well um, I've had this conversation with a few people before because even if you've got your account where you're running a class um, I think a lot of the time some instructors do still use it as a personal account so they'd post about kind of like their day-to-day -day activities or it might be a picture of their dog or something you know uh, which might not necessarily be relevant to um, your ideal client of who you want to come to your classes um, so it's really thinking about making that content specific towards the aims of your business rather than like we were saying before feeling like you've got to post something and then posting a picture of a pet or your child or um, and not thinking about how it's actually relevant for your business you almost want to create a brand representation right so people when they see your name or icon or logo they know what to expect right definitely yeah so if they go onto your profile they can get a picture of what you do from i think usually you can see the nine squares so it's kind of a picture from that and your bio that you have there as well so straight away they know who you are what you do and maybe a bit about what your unique selling point is as well and instagram is a really powerful platform um because of its location-based uh, technology, right? Hashtags for local yeah. places and names like that. That There's a, a real advantage to using that part of the platform, isn't there? Definitely, yeah. I think a lot of the time when I've spoken to instructors before, there's been the, like, should I use hashtags? Shouldn't I use hashtags? I don't know which ones to use. So you just sort of throw ones on which... Um, you just sort of think of when you go along and um, because initially when Instagram started hashtags were used just as like a descriptor of what was in the pictures whereas now it's become a lot more um, advanced and there's a more more of a strategy to it and you can use that strategy in to your advantage and um, so again when we've talked about the ideal client um, the hashtags are all driven like that so you can find people by um, having your hashtags focused on your ideal clients. Um, and you can use up to 30 on the platform um, and each of them is like a little mini advert. So in terms of thinking whether you should or shouldn't use them, you should absolutely use them because they're going to send out those mini adverts to more people. Um, and it's gonna bring you more reach, bring you more people potentially to kind of come and like and comment on your posts. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really uh, interesting thing to use um, and you can definitely see that it, it has an effect on the uh, success of your posts. So how many hashtags should you use in a post? Because you said there's about 30 you can use. I've read places that, you know, five to seven is a good number because you don't want too much of a variety in there because you want to help the platform target your kind of niche audience best. So posting about avocados 
chihuahua puppies and pull-up bars isn't necessarily going to get you to find the right sort of person interested in your fitness classes is it no not at all so yeah that's why we were saying about making them more targeted um so there's there are absolutely I was going to say hundreds, thousands, millions of hashtags around fitness. Um, so it's about finding the right ones that work for you. But um, yeah, so you can use up to 30. I think there's um, different schools of thought around hashtags. Um, and it's something which I think you have to sort of experiment with yourself by, by yourself, really. Um, so there are some schools of thought that say you should put 30 because that's going to bring you the biggest impact which I kind of think I have to agree with because um, I think if you can send out as many as ad adverts as possible, then why not? It's going to give you the most exposure. Um, but then there are some others that say, yeah, around sort of 15 sometimes are good. But yeah, it's obviously the, the platform is evolving all the time. So it's something that you sort of have to keep a check in on and see how it goes. Um, and using the insights, like I was saying on the business accounts, it can give you that insight to know what's, what's working and what isn't um, unfortunately it doesn't doesn't go as deep as telling you which specific hashtags are successful but if you can kind of monitor it then it can give you a bit of information about the success there earlier you said creating content around your business is a great way to get you know eyeballs and attention how far wide should you go with creating content around your business because i see people who let's say in the in the fitness space post a lot about nutrition but nutrition isn't one of their services right so if someone's really in on nutrition they see a lot of posts from someone on nutrition they think this person could deliver the nutrition service i'm after only yeah. to find out that they're not qualified in nutrition they just teach pilates in the church hall that's doesn't that seem like a, a bit of the wrong content to to go for how should you decide on what content you post about yeah it's something that you do need to spend time thinking about um, and I now have um, a strategy which I use so I've created pillars around my business so that's something that I definitely encourage people to do to think about the pillars to your business that you could represent through your content um, so for example we've talked about the like you were saying about the, whether it's a Pilates instructor like so if you're a Pilates instructor, you obviously want to showcase the classes that you're offering. So you can obviously do some posts around videos showing some of the exercises that you do. Um, but you also want to place yourself as an expert. So you want to demonstrate your Pilates knowledge. So you might want to share some of your knowledge that you have on it, what certain exercises do for muscles and um, things like that. Or you might want to share something about yourself and how Pilates has changed your life and um, how you've developed as an instructor or it could be also sharing how your classes have changed someone else's life as well could you showcase a participant um, having coming back to word of mouth again in terms of using social media in that way there's nothing better than using someone else's voice to sell your own service um, so yeah things like that it's, it's thinking outside the box just from the classes but as you say not going too wide um, and not misrepresenting yourself i often find with the work that i do in video because it's a creative industry much like anyone would be creating a post for instagram there are three kind of c words that you kind of approach with any creative and that's the content itself, which I think most people have got plenty of ideas about what content that they want to create. The second one is creative. People love being creative, different fonts, sparkly things, stickers, you know, all that sort of stuff. 
That's easy, but they struggle with context and it's one that they leave out the most. And that context can be the real difference between making a post work and not, right? No, definitely. Um, and I think, uh, I know you've talked about it a lot as well in terms of thinking about what's relevant for your ideal client and um, thinking about the whole problems and solutions side of things as well. So it's bringing it into the context of your participants so that they understand how you're going to help their life basically and how you're going to solve a problem for them. Like they might want to get active, but they're not quite sure how you're going to help them do that um so it is sort of a, a form of selling as well you're kind of quietly selling with with instagram um so yeah it's bringing it into that context and always thinking of your audience in terms of the the content that you're creating so that you are making it relevant and then you are therefore making it interesting engaging and then you get the reactions from it that you want mm, and cleverly leaving out bits of information is a great way for engagement right no, definitely. And that's that's quite a common strategy in terms of creating posts as well. Because um, if you are scrolling on Instagram, you'll probably notice that um, you'll only see like a first line of someone's caption that they've written as well. So um, yeah, it's, it's kind of those attention grabbing things that you need to have there so that people want to read more. Um, yeah, and encouraging that that engagement through those types of things so that people do want to, they want more from you. You're they're then kind of demanding your attention which is what you want one thing i learned which was interesting about instagram was the carousel images when you post several images a swipe counts as an interaction and an engagement is that something that you recommend people explore is the use of carousel images yeah definitely and i find that they actually work really well um in terms of kind of informational educational posts um, so if it's kind of showing a bit more information um, and they are really useful in terms of making your posts more visible as well, because it's more likely that if you've got more than one image, your post will get shown again. Um, yeah, and it's like we were saying before, it's leaving people wanting more. So, for example, if you had like um, five ways to improve core strength something like that then they obviously know there's going to be five so they're going to want to swipe through and see what all the five are so like you were saying that encourages that interaction and it is a clever way of utilizing the platform to get that interaction um yeah and giving more information every swipe means that they're going a little bit deeper a little bit more familiar with you a little bit more interested in what you do and it's that filtering process mm. so almost putting more effort into creating better content is more likely to pay off, right? Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say, actually. Yeah, because obviously with a post like that, you do put more effort into it um, because you're, you'll probably spend more time creating that post. But actually, if that's going to bring you more engagement than doing two posts that are completely not relevant, then it's definitely worth putting the time into that one more, um, more education-filled, more value-filled post so that you yeah, can do that and then not worry about having to post every day. Let's talk a little bit about um, what are the new features I think that's coming to Instagram. It might already be here. And apparently you can buy, a, uh, you can activate a URL by paying on the platform now or soon, I think it is. Mm. So for example, you can activate your link in your description for that post, which will allow people to click on it and go straight out to the website. Previously, you couldn't do that. You had to either visit the, the profile, didn't you, to find the URL on there, um, or you had to have a certain number of followers which allowed you to 
the do the swipe up on yeah. screen, <laughs> which gave you the activation for that as well. How do you think that's going to change things when people, um, you know, when you can start to pay for a link click inside your post? And is that something that people should look at doing or not? I think that um, obviously that's, I mean, a lot of instructors do have links in their posts. And as you said, it is, it, you can't click on it and there's no way of copying it or anything like that. So obviously that is a slight downside in terms that it does allow further action from another Instagram user to actually follow that link because Instagram wants you to stay on the platform. Um, I think it is good, something good to add to posts. So I could potentially see that it is something that um, Instagram users will, would want to put on the post. But I think as we've said already, you've got to link it to something which is relevant and of value. Because why are you going to click on a, a link for a post for, for a class which doesn't really tell you much about it, um, apart from maybe the day or time? Um, and unless that day and time and the location is absolutely right for you, there's no reason to really draw you into that. Um, so I think there's more clever ways that you can probably use it. So maybe whether it's around blog posts um, so that you can demonstrate your knowledge further and allows them to then go onto your website to then find out more about you. I think it's going to be about using it to draw in your audience more so that they can learn more about you because Unfortunately, on Instagram, the sell isn't immediate. Well, on any social media, uh, media platform, the sell isn't immediate. Um, so it's thinking about how you can effectively use that in terms of your strategy. Mm. Yeah, the way I always think about it is is every click has to be more appealing than the one before it to keep people engaged, right? Because you'll never click on something which is worth less of your attention than the thing you just read, Right. You always want the next bit, the next deeper level of intention, uh, of attention, the next deeper level of knowledge, the, the next deeper level of insight. Every click has to be worth more. And that that ties in neatly with, well, almost exactly linear with the effort that they're putting in, right? Because they're demonstrating that they're more interested. So if you're more interested, you're obviously going to want better content to help you make decisions in the future. Um, I, I think with the link link, the link click stuff from Instagram, um, I, I probably wouldn't advise anyone kind of jumps on that too quickly, and but thinks, like you say, develops a strategy and really figures out what is going to be the post that gives the best context and then leads to give them the next piece of most valuable information from that. Developing a strategy that way is the best way to use that sort of functionality. So saying that, you're, you've launched, um, you've created a Facebook sort of like insights program as well now, I saw on your website recently. Is that something you've Yeah, been that's in? something that's coming um, coming soon. I'm actually working with a Facebook expert on that because um, Facebook isn't something that I'm as comfortable with. Um, so I'm working with someone on that because um, sort of similarly to Instagram, um, well, the, the, the apps are updating all the time and things are changing all the time. Um, Facebook as a platform is actually leaning more towards paid ads now. Um, so it's, again, it's thinking about what you want to get out of the platform. Um, hearing that instructors are saying that they're not getting as much engagement. So if you want to get more engagement and potentially more interest in your classes, do you want to invest in ads? So I think it's deciding whether you want to um, invest in ads to potentially bring you that more um, more traffic, more interest, 
or whether actually if you don't have the budget for it you don't actually realizing that to be able to get the same sort of effect on Facebook similarly to Instagram you have to do the engagement um, so on Facebook it's more um, it's about choosing I think which strategy you want to use um, and although the, the the course that we're putting together doesn't talk about um, ads in much detail um, there's obviously a strategy to creating a good ad as well making sure that you've kind of got your market right and knowing what information you need to put in there to make sure it is going to hit the right market for you so what what are the next plans for you and your momentum over the next let's say three months up until christmas now have has the attention the shift the questions that people in your um your client base have they been asking different things now has their mindset changed and move on where are they putting their focus and attention now Initially, instructors were getting their heads around the technology side of things, like we said. Um, but I think now, knowing what sort of position the instructors are in, in terms of getting enough participants into classes, I think they are a little bit in survival mode, um, just going into the rest of the year, um, knowing that... Um, Obviously, the weather's getting colder. If they're doing outdoor classes, obviously there are quite a few challenges in terms of even doing indoor classes. Um, obviously, we know the main issue is ventilation, having windows and doors open. That's going to affect the quality of classes. Um, so I think they're probably going to be thinking about how they can survive the rest of the year. Um, so, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I'm trying to be encouraging them to... Um, looking at their finances and using that as a way of um, sort of telling them what they should be doing really because um, I've heard a lot of instructors say that they're just going to be aiming to break even um, and for me as a business it's thinking is that actually a realistic thing to be doing um, if you're not going to be able to offer something of quality perhaps at the moment maybe it's thinking about different ways that you can do it um, I know you were talking to someone else on one of your other podcasts about um, having the online offer as well. So I think instructors are probably thinking a bit more about how they can create a better online offer to keep their current participants um, for the rest of the year. And obviously knowing that towards Christmas there's drop off anyway as well because of the time of year. Um, so I think it's just sort of navigating to be able to survive potentially until the start of the new year. What's the best action for your target client base right now? What should they be focusing their efforts on um, over the next three months? I think that um, given the challenges that are probably coming towards the end of the year, like we were saying about working, moving towards the end of the year, I think one of the actions that they can take which is going to be most um, useful to them is actually taking a step back from their business and looking and seeing what what's working and what isn't um, I think a lot of the instructors are in survival mode at the moment but actually giving themselves the headspace to think about how they can last to the end of the year and into the new year um, and thinking about what is and isn't going to work for their client base so whether it is having a stronger online offer and actually thinking you know what I'm gonna I've been thinking about putting some on-demand stuff together and putting it on a website I'm gonna do it um, or thinking how can how can I make these classes survive for the rest of the year what strategy can they take to um, 
earn themselves some money obviously we've all got to pay our bills and things like that um, so I think it's having a step back thinking about what is ahead and how could they can make that plan work for them for the rest of the year do you think most people go in kind of fingers crossed a little bit blind and don't plan yeah finger in the air I think is usually the strategy um, and I think it's just been jump on one thing jump on another so I think it's about thinking about that bigger picture um, and thinking about themselves as well actually um, in terms I've heard of a lot of instructors putting a lot of time and effort into things which haven't actually reaped much reward so actually thinking of themselves and thinking actually do you know what I'm going to conserve my energy and I'm only going to offer a certain number of classes a week. So, for example, if you've got some participants that are spread across a larger number of classes, can you filter them into a smaller number of classes? Because overall, that would probably be more cost effective and actually it's going to help your energy levels as well going forwards. Because um, obviously there's a lot of headspace filled with so many challenges. So I think that is something that I would definitely encourage instructors to do. And if people are looking for plan, for guidance, for accountability, that's something that you can help with as well because you've got the power hour, right? Yes, I offer a fit for business power hour. Um, so um, it's actually a 60 to 90 minute uh, conversation that we can have about what your challenges are. We do a, a questionnaire to start with so I can dig deep into what their current challenges are and maybe even any fears for your business going forward so that we can kind of really target that conversation that we have. Um, and then we can talk about those challenges together, put, uh, put some actions and recommendations together and then afterwards, I send off those actions and recommendations and check in with you to see how you're doing on those so that you can see yourself making progress. And feedback on that's been good, right? Because people feel stuck generally and they just don't take action because they feel yeah. overwhelmed. I think a lot of the time instructors are saying, I just want someone to talk to. I just want someone to talk my ideas through um, so that you can get feedback from someone else or some new ideas. Um, so obviously that's what, why I'm here to offer that because, um, yeah, going back to kind of the whole confidence and self-belief side of things, I think you can question yourself a lot going, am I making the right decision? Should I be doing that? Well, I'm not quite sure about that. So as we said before, procrastination happens and actually having someone to drive you forwards and actually go, no, give it a try and see how it's going to work. This is the plan. How are you going to do it? Um, and I think um, instructors have seen a lot of value in that. So tell us whereabouts they can find that on your website. So you can find that on my website under um, my services on the tab at the top and you'll see the Fit for Business Power Hour in there and you can just drop your details and I contact you to find a time which works for you. So, Lindsay, thanks so much for sharing all that valuable insight into Instagram, into Instagram, uh, into planning, into mindset, and and looking forward to the future and giving instructors listening to this podcast some perspective on how to move forwards. Once again, if you want to find out more information on the Power Hour with Lindsay, the details and the links will be in the show notes. But for now, Lindsay, until we speak again, thanks for joining me on the Sweat Life podcast. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode of the Sweat Life podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe and also check the show notes for Lindsay's links so you can find out more about the services she offers, her Instagram course, and also the Power Hour. So if you need to speak to someone about ideas for your business and you want to bounce around some ideas, then booking a session with her might be the best option for you right now. 